Visions Now. Visions Now. Visions Now. Visions Now is resilience. Visions Now is community. It is enlightenment and it's the promising future that we're all working towards. It's Black History Month. Welcome back to another episode of Visions Now. You are currently listening to our Black History Month podcast extravaganza. Four episodes, that's one episode a week, featuring all Black voices on all Black topics. Visions Inc. does not take Black History Month lightly. Diversity, equity, and inclusion work is about dismantling systems of oppression. So we're taking this moment to acknowledge the work of our ancestors ground ourselves in the present and orient ourselves to the future in order to figure out where we need to go in this fight for racial equity. You can follow us on social media. We've got some great Black History Month content going up on Instagram. And you can check us out at visions-inc.org for all your diversity, equity, and inclusion needs. Please enjoy this Black History Month podcast journey can subscribe to Visions Now on all podcast listening platforms. The following podcast is dedicated to all of the freedom fighters in the movement for reparations for African American people, and especially Bill Owens, the godfather of reparations who came out of Massachusetts. And appropriately, today I'm interviewing Aziza Robinson Goodnight, the project director for the Boston Reparations Project. Aziza and I discussed the current reparations movement through the lens of the four levels, the personal level, the interpersonal level, the cultural level, and the institutional level. If you've ever been to a visions workshop or training, then you're probably familiar with the levels. They are one of the tools that we use, one of the frameworks that we teach to think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you like what you hear on today's episode, please stay tuned because this whole month is our Black History Month podcast extravaganza. We are going to talk with four different Black people about four different important Black topics, and we'll be giving you a new episode every week this month. So, Please stay tuned and share, subscribe. You can follow us on social media or go to our website, visions-inc.org for more information about our programs and all of the things that we do. But for now, without further ado, let me introduce Miss Aziza Robinson Goodnight. I'm Black, first and foremost. Um, black to me um, is a global culture. Um, it stems deep, it's deeply rooted in Moorish society. Um, and like black is an embodiment of all colors. And, and that's how I identify. I am black. I'm unapologetically black. Um, and, 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 and I also like, I've, I've been imported. My people have imported or, you know, part of my people have been imported and part of my people arrived here on their own um, in America. So I also consider myself an American. 
deeply rooted um, in this land. Beautiful. I ask my guests that question because I think it's important for listeners to have a sense of why people's perspective is the way that it is or how identity informs their perspective. So with that being said, is there any other part of your identity that you think is important that informs your perspective? Um, I'm an artist. I also am deeply rooted in the art community, the Black art community, um, but I am an artist that has, um, I understand the art world um, holistically. Um, and I'm a woman and I'm a mother. Um, being a mother is extremely part of my, extremely important part of my identity over the last seven years. Um, and I, I would be remiss to not say that that wasn't the impetus in my drive for my movement, my why. Yes, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are when it comes to this conversation about reparations and your organization. Like, what is the work that you do? Um, right now, I am currently the project director for the Boston Reparations Project. Um, it's a campaign that stemmed out of the New Democracy Coalition from um, some of the work that we've done, and I can I'll go over that work later. And our drive is to just be a grassroots driving force to um, build consciousness and educate and collect stories from Black people around the city of Boston. And collaborate, of course. Collaborate, 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 collaborate. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know that you all have been engaging in the reparations movement in Boston for a while now. And it's a movement that I think maybe Bostonians need to learn more about. So for me at Visions, one of the ways that I understand social change is by looking at the four levels of oppression and change. So I'm going to ask you to look at reparations through the lens of the four levels. And those four levels are the personal level. So like our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings, the interpersonal level, meaning how we interact with other people, the cultural level, which is like essentially the water that we swim in, the arts, the unspoken rules of society and how to be. And then there's the systemic level, which are the laws and policies that govern our lives. And reparations is something that I think we need um, and we need its impact to happen at all four levels. And we are, we are also experiencing um, the effects of, slave, of enslavement on all four levels. So what I wanna hear from you and your perspective is how would reparations impact us at all four of those levels? So like starting with the personal level, what would getting reparations look like and what would it mean? How would it impact us at the personal level? Um, at the personal level, um, it would impact us in so many different ways. So if we look at, you know, the reparations movement that started, you know, before, you know, over 30 years ago, um, like the basic of like how to get reparations involves um, healing. And so on the personal level, 
the biggest thing that I think that we can get from this, you know, intense movement and actually coming to a resolve of this movement and not it being a catchphrase or something people think is cool is the feeling that we have been heard and there is, um, there is action and intangible things that affect us in a positive light to get us to where we would have always been a hum- as human beings. That is so beautiful. Um, this idea of healing, like we often talk about reconciliation, you know, and I feel like healing is such a big part of it. That's beautiful. So what do you think about the per- interpersonal level? How would reparations play out or impact people on an interpersonal level? Um, interpersonally, I think we just would be one, um, we wouldn't be seen as so angry. Um, and we'd be able to engage like I don't know about anybody else, but when I see black people and they have what they need to survive, they are empathetic, they are, you know, like wonderful, they're easy to deal with, like. You know, in general, like when black people have what they need, we're not fighting. We're not fighting with each other. We ain't fighting with you because we don't care that much. <laughs> so interpersonally, I think it the plight of all the plight of a black person is the plight of all people. Anything that affects us that is resolved is resolved for the whole world. So interpersonally, it would help us be be able to think clearly. It's not that we don't know what to do with the resources. We clearly know what to do because we've done with the minimal. Right. Right. And what would it look like on a cultural level to receive reparations? Wakanda. Um, Um, I, I, you know, I've had to think of, cause I'm an artist, so I, I, I do, I will bring a perspective from a creative lens. Um, for me, um, a cultural level and I'll talk about a global cultural level. I think we'd be like Bridgerton. I think that, um, we'd function with grace as a culture. Um, I, I think that you know, politics would change, you know, social interactions would be different. Um, Quality of, um, you know, like almost like the Enlightenment era when like, you know, anthropology was something that was big, you know, like art and culture were requirements. So culturally, I think it would just expand us um, as human beings. It's black people, but black people are everybody. So, like, and, and, and we influence the world. Like, black culture influences the world. So whatever we're doing, it might take others 10 years to really realize how cool it is or whatever, but it influences the world eventually. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a renaissance. Um, it's exciting. So now we get down to like the nitty gritty, the the structural reality of this. Um, and that is the systemic level. Like how will reparations happen on the systemic level and what would that look like? Um, the first piece of that is actually repair. 
So reparations means repair, but apology, like the acknowledgement systematically, like there has to be an acknowledgement and apology for the harm, injury, or crimes committed um, as the prerequisite to the remedy. Um, and then there has then there has to be consistent with the principle of restorative justice. Like the party that inflicted the harm or injury cannot define the repair. Like, like systematically, like that it doesn't even make sense. Um, and the affected party must define that remedy and repair and agree to the same negotiations. Like it has to be, it has to come from us. So systematically, it hasn't happened that way. So the tables have to turn. There has to be an apology. There has it, it has to be consistent consistent with the the principles of restorative justice. The things the organizers, the people on the ground, have to use to keep ourselves sane. Because we would have already been in war. Um, and then the the affected party must be trusted to control the administration of the remedy. Like we must be trusted to control the remedy, the resources or opportunities offered as an independent community in structure, not governed by the government. A community reparations finance authority, which can receive and administer public and private resources. Like we have to be able to administer our own resources. So like in Evanston, for example, Evanston, Illinois, was the first, um, as you know, I'm just saying it for the audience. Evanston, Illinois was the first place to receive reparations. We are here. They're the ones that kicked in the door, waving the 4-4. We just need to roll in. And their first piece, it's only the beginning of reparations, um, is controlled by by the residents, controlled by the Black Evansonians, the process. The fund is held um, at a local um, foundation. Aziza, can you tell us a little bit about the new HR 40? So the new HR 40, um, on June 3rd, 2017, um, Congressman John Coyers introduced a revised new HR 40. There are two major emphases of the new bill. In addition to studying the history and legacy of crimes against African humanities during the colonial enslavement, Jim Crow periods, it looks it also examines the post-Jim Crow period and the current harms that continue to this day. Secondly, it charges the commissioners to craft remedies that address the malfaceted harms of these crimes in, in comfort with the full reparations as understood by the internal norms of reparations. So HR 40 is, was introduced to basic, to address the fundamental injustice, cruelty, brutality, and humanity of slavery in the United States in the, and the 13 American colonies between 19, 1619 and 1865 and to establish a commission to study and consider a national apology and proposal for reparations for the institution of slavery. Its subsequent de jure and de facto racial and economic discrimination against African-Americans and the impact of these forces on living African-Americans to make recommendations to the Congress on appropriate remedies and for other purposes. Other purposes. So that, that is what um, HR 40 is. 
Um, there, where we're at, um, we I believe we are at like 200, and this is through um, the wonderful advocacy of national, you know, uh, national preparations leaders, um, including Narcanem Cobra. Um, I believe we have like 213 committed um, votes in the Senate for national reparations for HR 40. Um, and that's like five votes away from actually passing. So as we know that this has been, you know, and, and it, so in Evanston, like after actually compiling all the history of the of black Evanstonians, it only took them two years to actually pass. They did it, it through um, COVID and they just were vigilant um, and they and they kept it brought like straight and narrow. They addressed the harms of redlining um, and understanding that home ownership um, makes a difference when it comes to wealth. Um, and so they kept it straight and narrow. And the, in the application process and the remedy, so for... For Evanston, Illinois, the requirements for their application process, and and I want to shout out Robin Rue Simmons. Like Robin Rue Simmons is the 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 empress right now, um, in in what, and and we like are so thankful for her work, um, but she just she kept pushing, um, and she did that work in Evanston, and we are we're so proud of her, um, and I feel like I'm on her her shoulders too, as as well as you know our our. Our recently passed um, Senator Bill Owens, like our the Godfather of the reparations movement, out of Massachusetts, the first Black senator in Massachusetts. Like I, I feel like I'm on their shoulders. Um, but go back to Evanston. The eligibility was be a Black resident, be born between 19, 19, 1969. Your ancestors are indirect descendants. That's it. There's nothing extra complicated for um, the eligibility process, and they chose to they chose to make sure they took care of their elders first. Um, they what they what they what their reparations packages is um, twenty five thousand twenty five thousand dollars towards a down payment to a home, your principal reduction or renovations. Knowing if you renovate your bathroom or your kitchen, you increase the value of your home. Those are systematic things that have already been set in place. Um, that's the nitty gritty, and we're we're here. We are we are here. We just have to continue like to push. Right now, um, the New Democracy Coalition. Our focus is on building consciousness. Um, right now, let me say right now at this moment. Yesterday, we we um, put out a press release asking for the mayor to in the city to um, issue an apology. So we are pushing for an apology right now while building consciousness. We've been putting up signs and flyers, just letting people know like reparations now, like this is not something fake. This is something that's really happening. We need you to know, and we're not gonna do it behind closed doors or we're not gonna allow others to do it behind closed doors either because this is a public process. Um, and we're not going to allow anybody to um, use this as their platform for political power. Anybody working in government works for the entity that has done the harm. 
So you can't dictate the process. It has to come from us and it has to come from the people. The New Duoxley Coalition is also bringing together a group of 20 to 25 organizers at the end of Black History Month in a retreat to restructure and strategize our two to five year plan for how we're going to keep continue to build, keep and continue to, to um, build the consciousness of our people because it's not going to be, it's not going to happen overnight. It might take us two to five years. Boston is one of the first 13 colonies and is probably the first place we've ever had legalized slavery. So we're owed a lot here. And black and, and the wealth gap it is what it is. Faneuil Hall is what it is. New Democracy Coalition also has done a large push around um, asking for the name change of Faneuil Hall. Faneuil Hall is one of the first shop, first auction blocks in America. There's no black businesses down there. How does that make sense? Thank you so much for coming out today and sharing your perspective. Tell us how to stay in touch with you. You can email us at New Democracy Coalition or, or Boston Reparations um, at gmail.com if you are interested in joining our movement. Um, we also have a New Democracy Coalition um, Instagram as well. You can DM us if you like. Um, hmm. um, we'll be around.